Welcome to another episode of Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you be the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild, and on this week's show, Steve and I are joined by Jeff Marsden to look forward at the industry and how current trends will impact how we generate referrals. Jeff is the Chief Product and Strategy Officer for Extiva Financial Systems, which provides the industry with sales performance management and incentive compensation management technology systems. Now, Jeff has a great strategic mind. So we talked to him about some of the trends that are impacting how advisors will deliver advice and create a more engaging client experience in future. We look at what Robo 2.0 will look like and other digital trends that will transform the client experience. And we asked Jeff to share examples of how technology is driving deeper engagement and, of course, how all of that ties into more referrals. And with that, let's get straight to the conversation with Jeff. Hey, Jeff. So happy to have you here today. Welcome to Becoming Referrable. Welcome, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to, to join you. It's been anticipating this for quite a few weeks, so let's get to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hey, I've got, um, you know, I am lucky enough, uh, Jeff may argue this, but to call Jeff a friend as well as a colleague, um, well, you know, it depends on the day, really, doesn't it, Jeff? But, um, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm thankful you tolerate me from time yeah, to time. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but, and I, I want to talk to you about industry trends at a larger uh, or at a higher level, because I just, I, you've got a, a great strategic mind and I'd love to get that before we dig in a little, but even before we get to that point, can you just start and tell us a little bit about Xtiva and the work that you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Thanks. And happy to do that. Um, we are the only sales performance management platform dedicated to the financial services vertical. That's probably the, the most simple uh, summary. Uh, so, you know, from a from a segment market segment perspective, we're we're a sales performance management firm, and rather than worry about consumer packaged goods or travel or any of those other market segments, we're just one hundred percent focused on financial services. We think it has unique needs, unique issues, and we've got a, a track record uh, in the space, and 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 we love it. So. Um, you know, we're, and I guess to, to phrase it a different way, we're focused on helping change how sales, service, and advice channels in financial services globally perform. Well, that's a big mandate. It is. So there you go. <laughs> um, and we'll make sure there's links so that people can learn more about that. Um, but, you know, as we're, t- we're talking about big issues uh, and big mandates here, I did want to talk to you about some of the trends that you you see impacting advisors and how they deliver advice, how they deliver a, a, clon- a strong client experience going forward. Sure. Well, uh, what a period of change we've been through over the last decade. And, you know, it, Julie, you know, we've been observers of this industry and practicing in it, you know, together and independently for quite a few years. And I would say the last few have been monumental. Um, but you asked about some of the bigger trends that, you know, we see or I observe um, and specifically perhaps related to advice. Um, like I think there's maybe four or five that, that we reflect on on a regular basis. And, and I might start with the one that is common 
uh, sort of commonly in the press, which is the shifting regulatory environment. Hard to, it's hard to ignore that. You know, we've come out of this uh, from the U.S. market perspective. We've come out of that crazy, um, you know, is the DOL going to happen? Not going to happen? What's it going to look like? Oh, it's going to happen again. Uh, but that's just symptomatic of a regulatory environment, which I think has struggled to keep up with customer needs and customer demand and the complexity in the marketplace. And that's affecting how advisors work. It's affecting how firms structure themselves. And it's quite frankly representative of what the customer experience maybe ought to be in the future. But if we were to get maybe a little bit more tactical or tactile maybe in how advisors and customers interact, the things that I'm really keen on are how planning is changing the world. And look, financial planning has been around forever and a day. Uh, it was a, you know, uh, grew up as a sales tool. It wasn't so much a value proposition to end customers as it was a sales tool for the channel. But today, not because of the process of planning, uh, do I find this interesting? But because it's forcing a change in the way that in advisors and their customers engage, the conversations are different. They're more, uh, you know, they're more holistic. Uh, the tools are better. They enable more, more of a, a fulsome uh, conversation. You know, it's kind of like how you really wish your relationship with your doctor was, but it isn't. And, and I think that's the great promise of, of where the planning world is taking us. And it's, and it's uh, certainly, you know, one of the bigger trends that, that we're keeping an eye on. We're very conscious of, uh, at Extiva, of, th- of thinking about how we help um, our customers make better use of planning. And I think in a great extent, it sort of relates to this more whole person perspective, which isn't... Uh, you know, it isn't so much about the specifics of a portfolio or the amount of funds that are flowing into my retirement this week, this month, this year. It's it's increasingly, you know, little baby steps, but we're marching towards the advisor as more of a whole person uh, counselor, whole person consultant, really focusing on, I think, resolving the most important issue which consumers have, which is which is my level of confidence. And my confidence, you know, the things that, that cause me confidence as a consumer that cause me confidence, stress vary by 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 person or investor, but but at the end of the day, it's a confidence issue. I also think hard to ignore digital. Um, you know, consumers and inv- and advisors are um, having their you know, relationships change, the way they conduct their business, the way they source information, digital is changing that. Um, and it's, it's really, the, it's really it, I think, the most interesting aspect to it is not the, what, what the point solutions are that are digital, but how the whole channel is sort of becoming uh, a whole one whole digital integration experience, which brings the human and the technical um, together. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting because I guess you could argue as well that those trends all are connected in a big way. So um, certainly the, the second and third, how is planning changing and this whole person perspective, but, but 
would you see digital then as reflecting those changes or ideally reflecting those changes as well? Uh, well, I think that's not a bad summary, Julie. I think uh, digital is enabling planning. Like if we took planning just as an example, digital is enabling planning to be different than it ever has in the past. Look, 20 years ago, advisors had digital planning tools, but they didn't engage in a way that they do today. They don't empower the advisor in a way they do today. They don't allow the customer to be a party to that planning in a way that they that they do today. So I think you're bang on in that digital is the, sort of the common thread there. It touches on beyond planning. It touches on, on boarding. It touches on how I create a different sort of manner of engaging with my customers as a financial advisor. It's, it, it's, it's empowering new and creative ways to manage relationships. It's empowering new and creative ways for customers to become partners in their relationships. It's empowering different ways of acquiring customers. And it's also empowering the consumer to be able to benchmark and understand whether they're getting what they need better than they ever have in the past. And so, when, so oh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, it sounds like, you know, we're talking not just about technology and what it can do, but, but what I think Michael Kitsis refers to as the bionic advisor, you know, the, the, the advisor for whom, you know, technology is enhancing their performance as opposed to, you know, doing something different. In, in, in which areas do you see the, the biggest effects of that in the client relationship? Well, I think, I think Michael's definitely um, right in that the concept of the bionic advisor is one we should all be paying attention to. But I might preface it by saying I think the real liquid here is the, the real magical liquid is the data that, that we're able to use. And so these tools are simply uh, being, they're, they're simply empowering advisors and customers and the firms that they, the brands they work for to, to do things in a, in a, in a different fashion. The data is the, is the, is the, you know, the fuel that those, that, that digital, like those digital capabilities is running on. But, you know, coming back to that bionic advisor and, you know, what are you're asking? What do I sort of think or the if I if I understand your question correctly, where do I think some of the the leverage points are? Is that where you were where you were getting well, at? Some, some of the more discrete, uh, the discrete aspects of the relationship that have been changed, you know, getting back to sort of that trends conversation with the, mm -hmm. more specifically what what aspects of um, what an advisor does with a client or how they communicate what they do to the rest of the world have, have changed because of these developments? Well, I certainly as a customer understand a lot. Well, I can, let's put it that way. Not, I, I don't think every customer enjoys this, this privilege, but, um, or this standard, but I can certainly understand better where I stand today. Um, how I'm, how I'm doing. I have the opportunity to, to put information at the ready that, in, that can help my, uh, manager shore up my confidence. Uh, I think the advisors similarly can be um, able to respond to customer needs, uh, customer questions differently than they have in the past to be more uh, on topic uh, in a shorter period of time to be, uh, you know, to be able to respond to the immediacy of things. 
but similarly, the, the, you know, all, but also from a, the other perspective is to do a better job or pe- empower better management of expectations over an appropriate time frame instead of necessarily um, you know, having to uh, be obsessed about responding to externalities all that the, the, the crop up all the time. You're, you're able to play a, more of a long game as an advisor if you're using the tools, um, the tools well. That it comes with it comes with challenges. That the data, that amount of information that's out there that the consumer can access, the transparency that it provides into pricing, for example, um, is is one that advisors you know, have struggled with a little bit to figure out how to how to reconcile that. Uh, you know, the robo advisor space. Um, if if you know you can. We can debate whether it's a success or a failure, but one thing it has done is certainly put transparency around some of the cost and value in the industry. And if you, when we talk about trends, uh, we all love to talk about the big trends. And at the same time, an individual advisor can listen to some of this and think, well, that's really interesting, but I don't control technology development. I don't control data flows and so on and so forth. If you, how do you think an advisor needs to think about these trends? Is it just something that's happening or is there a real opportunity at an individual practice or business level to use some of this to differentiate themselves? Well, so uh, f- first of all, I would say the, the, what they, they absolutely should be thinking about is what does my customer do digitally? Not specifically how do they engage with me as their advisor digitally, but what is the customer doing digitally? Because it's, you know, it's, it's going to be symptomatic of what their needs and expectations will be in the future, even if I can't support it today or my firm doesn't support it today. And I'm not talking about do they use the app to access their statements. I'm talking about understanding the bigger things that are on their mind. Like there are fascinating businesses in, that are trying to remake how medicine is delivered. There are businesses which change, you know, ha, ha, which change the way that consumers uh, deal with their legal affairs. There, there's um, you know, all manner of, of uh, you know, all, all manner of the social interactions that, that customers use. So as an advisor, I would say, start by understanding the customer's digital life. What do they find valuable? How are they getting leverage? What, does, what do they look to those tools to do for them? Now, the next question becomes, you know, what is that you asked, which is what is an advisor? What can they do? Because to some extent, they're at the mercy of the firm that they are employed by or the network they're part of. And, you know, they're restricted to that set of tools, which is partially true. In most cases, there are tools that they can use to help their practice, which may not be fully integrated into the platform of their employer or network, but that could give them some valuable leverage. Uh, Typically, those would be things outside of the communications or asset management realm, because those would be subject to supervision. But kind of anything else, there can be some some powerful things there. Uh, And and look for for those opportunities to, to, um, enhance their business in small areas. But think about it from this perspective, which is uh, 
and, and you know, Julie, you you think about customer engagement nonstop, right? It's 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 what you do, it's what you live. No one probably knows customer engagement more than you in the market. And what I would challenge advisors to do is think about how do you create, how do you use those tools, digital digital with the customer or digital to give you the advisor more power to change or create really profound means of engaging with my with my customers change then at the end of the day it's a it's still a human business it's a human engagement the customer is there because they need some human guidance uh to short you know to address their confidence and and there's some powerful things that advisors could potentially do that that can create more engagement and 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 you've created extiva has created a nice infographic about about the client experience and about that can can you uh, walk us through what you think are some of the key components of that experience. Yeah, we are happy to do that. We did create an, an infographic, and thanks for calling that out. It's um, we put it on our on our blog a, a little while back, and it it it's really some perspective on best practices that we've seen advisors use to create. Um, a great client experience. Now, I, I wouldn't say. I'll preface this by saying there's no there's no secret sauce in here. The secret sauce, the magic, which makes you as an advisor stand out, is how you do each of these pieces. What you do to make your thing, your means of engaging with the customer, special. But broadly, we think about it in terms of five steps. Um, the the first. Um, the, 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 the first step is to focus on understanding what the client journey is that you want your customers, your, your, the investors um, that you are dealing with in the wealth management context, um, what you want that experience to be and map that out. Not every customer will follow exactly every step of that journey. And if you're interested, as if there's any advisors that are listening to this that are interested in customer journeys, we also have a little uh, piece on our blog around actually creating customer journeys. And again, it's not going to be every step that is right for you, but the the basic recipe is there uh, for you to follow. So you start with that customer journey, figure out what that journey is, um, and and. The, Big part of that is understanding who, which customers am I pursuing, and what value proposition am I offering. Um, you would then uh, the second the second step is as we've described it is to um, ensure that you're validating that with your customers and shoring up any uh, improvement that you need in the existing experience relative to that journey. So you've mapped out the journey that you want them to have. And remember, your customers are going to represent that journey in the marketplace, either to, you know, their friends or someone at work, or even if you, you know, potentially as an advisor had them together in a customer event, they're going to reflect that journey and you want it to be, you want that to represent, They want you want them to represent that well. But you want to make sure that you understand against my my journey that I the journey I want them to proceed uh, they want them to experience how am I doing and then close those gaps and then as I said you want them to be able to be the agent for you part of the journey is establishing a, that expectation and training uh, your team to deliver on it and 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 the customers are then able to 
your customers are able to, or clients are able to be your agent in representing that experience. Uh, again, remember, this has to be very, this has to be driven by the customer. You have to make sure that it fits to understanding what the customer need is and addressing their needs. Keep in touch with the customers, reinforce where they are on that journey. Make sure that you are on the side of, of excess communication um, with them, manage them cons- constantly and consistently all the way through that. And then, and you know, and then the, the fifth stage is sort of, hopefully most people understand that um, you 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 need to acknowledge the value of their business and that means of acknowledging it may be different at each step of that uh of that uh, customer journey so it just if you I, I think i missed one there jeff if you could so the uh map out the client journey validate the journey have the st- have it, your staff be the uh, be the agent for you power the customers to be your agent the customers okay and then what's the yeah. fourth and the, the fourth is communication. So it's really okay. fo- to be focused on, on, on the communication through the totality of that customer journey. And it may be different, right, at each, sta- at, at each stage. It may not be the same, but to be constantly communicating and managing their expectations uniquely for each step of that journey. Okay. And then finally is to, you know, is, is to thank them for their business, but in, at the same time as you're thanking them for, uh, for that business, um, that's a, an opportunity for you to um, to reinforce the value that you're providing, and you know, there there would be some um, uh, opportunity for you to uh, reinforce their importance to you as an agent in communicating that that customer experience or that customer journey. Well, maybe I Great, can thanks. go back to. Uh, to the digital piece and build on what you just shared and look at uh, where digital plays into this. Uh, you, t- you talked about digital in a couple of different ways. One, it driving more different, perhaps, information to the advisor. I know you've written about sort of robo 2.0 and, and, and that probably fits into that category. But you also mentioned more actively using technology or digital with your clients in a a deeper level. I think of that as part of co-creation of value, where you're actively involving the client in the actual value creation. Um, Any examples to kind of build on the experience that you just mapped out where using technology in that way would fit? Uh, are you talking on the, on the specifically around co-creation, Julie? And by the way, I love that description that you use for that uh, value of the relationship. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of, I think the words you used were sort of actively using it with clients um, in some way. And I'd love to just expand on that and where it fits in the overall experience. Yeah, I think, the, I, th- I guess our perspective is that uh, the really compelling digital tools aren't point solutions. They, they're integrated. They're part of a digital transformation in how you engage. So as an advisor, and maybe your firm, I recognize that some firms don't necessarily support this, but uh, you know, depending on their, the conservativeness of their regulatory posture, let's call it. Um, but you might use the means of you communicating with your um, customers might be multi-channel. It might not be just email and telephone. You may be using, 
you know, in a very tactical sense, you know, you might be using messaging, you might be using other communication platforms that are available um, to you. So that's, you know, is that available to you to do today as an advisor? Absolutely. Those capabilities, um, you know, those capabilities exist. I think there's where it starts to get, um, where it starts to get interesting for advisors is where you can start to learn more about what the customer's values are and how do they, what prior, how do they prioritize, um, how do they prioritize things in their life? What is valuable? What is valuable to them? How do they make trade-offs? How do they think about risk? Look, I, I would argue that really a financial advisor is just a risk manager. The, you know, historically we've thought about that risk as the investment risk, but it's not, it's the, it's the, what's the, it's the risk in the, in the individual's life, their whole life, their financial life, their wellness life. That's what the, the a really compelling, you know, deeply integrated financial advisors thinking about how do I help my customer manage through all of the risks that they have in, a, in living, what, living the way they want for the whole duration of their life. And so I would say, what, what are the tools that an advisor could use to help understand how one values things? So uh, where, does an, where does a customer spend their time? How do you engage with them around the, the, their, their use of time, what they think is valuable? What are their, what are their pursuits? How do you engage with them um, on, on understanding the, the trade-offs they make in the use of their time? So can you use digital tools to, um, you know, help understand how customers prioritize um, uh, investment of their time? I recall an advisor telling me many, not that many years ago, but a few years ago, this was sort of before some of the uh, photo sharing stuff that existed. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing that struck me was that she, she gave her customers a digital camera and she asked them to basically curate things for a couple of months that, that they did. Just what did that customer do in their life? And take pictures of things that you do. Take pictures of things that are valuable to you for the next 60 days. And we have a meeting. We, we're going to get together. We're going to review your plan. We're going to do whatever that stuff is. But the most valuable part of that of that interaction 60 days later was that customer they sh they had a conversation around the pictures that the customer had taken and what it did was it allowed that advisor to see through the eyes of the customer how they had prioritized things that were valuable to them so what i would say to an to advisor today is think about ways that you can understand your customers in a different and more profound way and use technology to do that do you, do you have an example of, of and sort of an updated example of, of how we can use today's digital tools? To, that's a really fascinating story use about what that advisor did. Yeah, camera. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so how, how, how else can advisors today use today's technology to do that kind of thing? Well, yeah, as Julie said, you don't have to give a loaner camera out anymore to, to, to pull it off. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, 
Right. Look at their Facebook. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly you know a, a, an easy an easy way to do it. It might not work for all customers and all advisors. Would be some of the social tools. There's some you could do some advisors could do some interesting things with you know having having customers uh, contribute uh, you know photos to some of the photo sharing tools. I think they have to find a way of doing it that's going to be compelling for those customers, not seem sort of you know. Um, sleazy, like they're kind of looking in on their life too much, uh, um, but also make it super easy because you're not wanting to ask the customer to step out of how they live their life. You want to understand how they make value decisions all the time. So, uh, you know, I, I would say there are there are probably you know, many many tools out there um, that that would that would enable an advisor to try a technique like that. I think they need to find one that's right for them and right for for their customers. So I um, I ripped that story off you, Jeff, and uh, and shared it once. Um, <laughs> although the, the context in which I was sharing it um, was, I, I shared that this idea that you had I'd heard from you, uh, but but I also thought it was an incredible way for couples to create shared vision mm. because if you if you have both people doing something similar, whether it's photos, even there are higher tech forms of values cards and different things that could be used today. Um, it does bring couples together or perhaps uncovers where they're not so much together. That's a great, I, that's a really powerful uh, idea, Julie. I love that. And I, and, and that's, a, that's the kind of thing where exactly exactly what uh, you're phrasing it much better, which is advisors find, find the right way to use those technologies and those tools to fit to your practice. So in this case, if you're particularly good as an advisor at helping couples work through their financial planning and their financial life, that sounds terrific. I mean, look, I I learn interesting things looking in on my daughter's Instagram feed. So you can imagine what, (laughs) are you using air quotes around interesting right now? (laughs) Uh, I'll let you come to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, Yeah. So this is, I mean, I, what I love about where the conversation has, has gone is it's, I mean, we're talking digital, but we're really talking about connection in a, at a deeper level. And I think you said it right at the beginning, digital is just a way of enabling a different approach. And I mean, it strikes me, I'd love your opinion on this, that, even though this is a trend, it's something that we we ignore at our peril. It's not comfortable for every advisor, but don't they really need to be paying attention to this? Like you said, it's happening in the medical industry. It's happening in the legal industry. It's 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 happening in our industry, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. Absolutely, and you, you I mean, you you can't ignore it. it absolutely. Uh, you know your your description ignored at your peril is bang on. You can't. Uh, advisors need to embrace it. They need to embrace it as both from a customer relationship perspective. Certainly, there's been lots of investment in helping them with you know using digital to improve uh, the scalability of their practice. And some of those investments have been effective, and some of them have not. But there's you know plenty of examples of, of those kinds of investments, but the engagement with the customer, this is where the power is in the future for them. And, and they need to, they need to get behind it. The customer is going to take them there. The question is, do they want to, do they want to be 
um, you know, they want to be seen as providing guidance and value to the customer in how they get there. Well, and it's interesting because as you talk about it, what 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 I hear is that, you know, what we've leveraged uh, fintech for so far is um, largely pushing things out to clients. You know. It, portals and sharing things with them and, and doing the analysis and stuff. And what we're talking about is turning it around the other way. So instead of pushing things out to clients is, is learning how to bring things in from clients um, to enhance the relationship, utilize, leveraging that technology. Absolutely. Look, what do, uh, advisors are just problem solvers and you need to understand what the problems are you're solving and any of these tools that allow you to do that better, uh, they should be pursuing. Absolutely. You go, have you gone to your doctor's office lately after Googling all of the ailments that you have, right? And they cry and they say, <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I, I, you know, everything leads to cancer. It doesn't matter what you've got. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Ex- That's right. Exactly. And, and it's, and so, the, you know, the, what, but the doctor's response to that is, oh, I, you know, they, they get anxious because now it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You're more informed than you were when you went in, but it's, not necessarily all that well contextualized, as you say, everything leads to cancer. So the chance, but a financial advisor has the opportunity here to say, let me be a leader. Let me show you some things that are valuable. And that can be in the form of tools. It can be in the form of content, but let me show you some things that are going to be valuable for you to improve your life. And therefore I'm changing the way that I'm engaging. Yeah. And maybe just as we, we, we wrap this up, can can you connect the dots for us between this deeper level of connection uh, that we've been talking about and referability? <laughs> well, uh, sh- I'll, I'll do my best, Julie, but I think, um, you know, I'm speaking to the expert on that. So I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll defer to your uh, scoring of this. But um, I think... Uh, Advisors, uh, financial advisors, um, ultimately are going to be referable when they have a story. Give your customer a story. Now, you can paint that very vividly for them or through a compelling journey and some tools and the way that you communicate, you can allow that story to manifest itself and then empower them to sell that story. Not in an overt fashion, but let them be proud. Let them let the customer be cool or smart or avant-garde or thoughtful or whatever it is that fits with their personality. But if you do that well, you're empowering them to do that. In effect, create that mythology about what you get as a customer from that advisor. At the end of the day, facts win, but mythologies sell. So, so give the customer a story and let them do the work for you. You know, that, that, that's a fascinating approach to it. And, uh, and Jeff, thank you for sharing all this with us. If people want to find out more about you or about Extiva, where can they go? Well, uh, best place is to just go to our website, which is uh, www.extiva.com, X-T-I-V-A. And uh, we, my profile's on there. If someone wants, uh, for some reason, to outreach to me, that my profile's on there. You can find me on Twitter or on LinkedIn, and happy to to talk more. But um, I appreciate the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you folks today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, folks. Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. 
If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.